Well, good morning. Good morning. Good to see you. Welcome home to those that are online as well. We're glad that you're with us this, as, this morning as well. Hey, before we get into the message today, we're really excited about tonight. You're going to hear about it later. You've been hearing about it each week as we've been moving towards. It's called Better Together. We're going to be at the park tonight from 5 to about dark time. And so we hope you'll come out, be a part of that. Um, and think of somebody maybe that would come with you, maybe that you wouldn't come to church necessarily, but might come to an event like that. Be a great outreach time. Beautiful weather today. So hopefully you'll come out and be a part of that. We're starting a brand new series. We've been in a series for a while. We're starting a brand new series today called Alone in the Desert. Can we say that together? Alone in the desert, and we're going to be looking at, we're going to be landing on Matthew chapter 4 for the next three weeks, looking at the temptations. There was three specific temptations that Jesus faced while he was preparing for his work um, in ministry and eventually the cross and his resurrection um, and in the gospel. So today we're going to tackle temptation one, next week two, and the following week three. And we're going to be looking at, because Jesus was alone in the desert, he was alone in the wilderness, and I got to thinking about when you hear the word wilderness, what comes to your mind? And think about that for a second. When you hear the, the, the word wilderness, what comes to your mind? When I hear the word wilderness, I think, I can't hardly say that word, wilderness. Um, I think of trees, I think of forest, I think of water, I think of bugs, I think of sunshine, I think of hiking, I think of maybe fishing. But when we're talking about Jesus being in the wilderness, we're not talking about that kind of wilderness. We're talking about the desert in, outside of Jerusalem where Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days. He was actually in a desert. And so to give you a little context uh, today, he was in the wilderness. And when you're in the desert, there's no protection from the trees. You're just kind of there. And it's hot. And not only that, he ends up being hungry because he fasts for 40 days. Now, I don't know about you, but if, my, if I'm hot, how many hate being hot? Okay, raise your hand, be honest. Yeah, imagine being hot and you're hungry, okay? Have you seen the Snickers commercial on TV? You won't like me when, you know, when I'm hungry. You're hot and you're hungry. You're at a vulnerable state, okay? How many of you have ever said, hey, leave me alone, I'm crabby, okay? Some of you, if you haven't said it, you've thought of it before. We have a few brave souls that are willing to raise their hand and say, yeah. So Jesus, is he's been fasting 40 days and 40 nights. He's preparing for what's coming ahead and what he's got ahead of him. And it's in that vulnerable state that the enemy comes and attacks him. And you know, not only Jesus, but all of us at certain times in our life, we have those desert wilderness experiences where we feel like we're alone. Um, and here's a few I got to thinking about that can lead to this wilderness. If you've lost a loved one, um, Whitney's grandpa passed away here recently, and uh, they have a huge family. There was probably, I don't know, 30 or 40 people in the room, and grandma, which was Betty, which is David's wife, she said, even though you're all here, I feel so alone. And you'd think, well, there's a lot of people here, but she felt alone. So for her, she's kind of talking about the wilderness. The desert experience. Um, loss of a loved one. Loss of a relationship. Something else that can bring on the wilderness or the desert in our lives is fear and anxiety. We all know some who struggle with fear and struggle with anxiety. Depression can bring about the, the wilderness, the desert experience. COVID, amen? 
I mean, good grief. COVID has been such a deal. Mental illness, health problems, unemployment. Here's a few more. Financial debt can bring about wilderness. Family issues. Loneliness. Did you know there are more and more people that are feeling lonely and it leads to wilderness? Now here, I know no one here deals with this, but you might know someone who watches the news nonstop and it just they're always walking around with a cloud over their head because they're listening to everything on the news. Lack of meaningful relationships, or if I didn't mention any of those, maybe it's something else for you. So what do you do when you're in the wilderness? Do you panic? Do you put your, your trust in what you can handle? What do you do if you're in the wilderness? And honestly, maybe somebody online, maybe here, somebody in here today, that's where you are. Or that's where you've been. Or if you haven't ever visited there... At some point in your life, the odds are you're going to visit that wilderness. And Jesus was no different. He also dealt with the wilderness. We see it when he's on the cross, when he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He felt alone. He felt that wilderness. And then we see it in Matthew chapter 4, where Jesus is is, um, in the wilderness. And today we're going to tackle turning stones to bread. So here's our scripture. Then Jesus was led by the by the Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted, and then he became very hungry. During that time, why would the devil pick that time? Because he knows that he's weak. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus tells him, we're going to find this in each temptation that Jesus faced. Every time that Jesus faced temptation, his sword, his weapon, his way of combating that was to use Scripture. And he says, the Scripture says, people do not live by bread alone, let's finish it, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy 8.3 there. And he's referring to the Old Testament when the Israelites were in the desert. And it says, Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Okay, so here's our situation today. When Satan asks Jesus to turn the stones to bread... He's tempting Jesus to rely on himself for physical food rather than the Father for physical or for spiritual strength. So this morning we need to know that Jesus is God and at any point, I mean, you and I, if we get hungry, we're on a camping trip, we can't just turn stones into bread, okay? Jesus was God. He was fully capable of turning stones to bread. So why didn't he? And the answer to that question is it wasn't God's plan and God's will and God's timing for his life. At some point later, Jesus was going to eat. But during this period of time, God's plan was not for him to eat. And the Satan is saying, I know what the plan is, but come on, you are fully capable of turning this rock into fettuccine Alfredo if you want to. All right. Or you don't like Italian, crab legs, whatever you'd like panini sandwich, whatever, pesto, crackers, cheese, whatever you want. You can turn it into it. Do you want like a a cold coffee? You know, do you want an espresso? Do you want, what do you want? You know, come on, dude, you've been good. It's been 40 days. 
Don't you want something to eat? And Jesus, Scripture says the word temptation, which the implication there is Jesus was tempted. So we just need to know this morning, if you are facing temptation, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not a freak. God didn't do something wrong. We all face temptation. Amen? And yet, when we're tempted, in the same way that Jesus was tempted, we can stand up under it. And the biggest way that Jesus did that was to quote Scripture. So there's some takeaways for us this morning. Here's the first one. Let's read it. As followers of Christ... We are called to, we're called to God reliance, not, we're called to God reliance, not self-reliance. Okay? So he says, no, people do not live by bread alone, but they, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. There are going to be times in our life where we are going to have to trust God. In fact, in the Old Testament, the Israelites are taken out of Egypt. How many have ever been in a hurry to go somewhere and you forget something? Come on, raise your hand. All right, the rest of you are lying. You know you forgot something, okay? Some of you forgot something on the way here. Maybe you forgot your kids on the way here. Maybe it was on purpose. I don't know. Okay, we've all forgot something before. The Israelites leave Egypt. Commentary suggests that they did bring some food, but eventually the food ran out. And I don't know if it took them that long. Did we forget? Do we need more food? Like, what is going on? We're out here. We're hungry. Why don't we just go back to Egypt? I mean, yeah, we were under oppression, but at least we had three square meals a day, okay? And out here, I'm hot, I am hungry, and I am mad. Where is the food? And we've all been there before. Don't mess with me. I'm hungry. Don't mess with me. It is hot. Don't mess with me. It's both. And man, life can be like that too. Not just with food and being too hot in a room. It can just come in waves. And we can get to the point where It just feels like it's not going to get any better. And the Israelites, they're out in the wilderness. And they have to depend on God. They don't have any food. The food runs out. And there's this word that maybe some of you are familiar with called manna. And it's where they, there was no elk to kill. There was no deer to kill. There wasn't any pigs around the corner that they could kill. They didn't have a Ron's supermarket to go grab some food. They didn't even have any, is it MRIs or MREs? MREs, not MRIs, duh, MREs. They didn't have any MREs to eat. They were out there by themselves with nothing but faith. And God provided them something called manna that fell from heaven. And every morning when they woke up, they had food to eat. And I want to tell you something today. As a follower of Jesus, we believe and scripture supports that there are going to be times where you're going to look around and it doesn't seem like there is any provision. You're going to open up the fridge and it's empty. There's nothing there. And you're hot and you're tired and you're hungry and you feel alone and you just want to chuck it all. And it's during those moments where we have to remember that God is still faithful. 
And that spiritual manna that we get most of the time is through his word. You see, the word of God is the weapon that we use when we are in the wilderness facing temptation. Amen? Oh, come on. No, really. Some of us, we probably all, we have fallen before because we have not done what David says in Psalm 119.11. I have hidden your word in my heart. Let's finish it. That I might not... So the implication here is that when we hide God's word in our heart, it helps us to not sin. But if we're not hiding God's word in our heart, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see we're going to probably do the wrong thing. Jesus had hidden God's word in his heart. And he was being God-controlled, not self-controlled. And he looks at the devil and he says, man, I really could turn that rock into a salami. But guess what? That's not God's plan. Teenagers, you can have sex before you get married. It's a choice, but it's not God's plan. Anyone, you can look at porn on your phone. You got a phone, but it's not God's plan. You can get in a pinch where you're in the desert, and if you lie, if you tell the truth, you could get there could be consequences, and you could just do that. But here's the deal: lying is not God's plan. And as followers of Christ, I mean, we could keep giving examples here, but the truth is, is that not everything that we can choose to do is what God wants us to do. And if we say that we're followers of Christ. We follow Christ. Imagine if you're going somewhere on a trip and someone says, hey, I'll follow you. And you look in the rearview mirror and they're way back there, they're way back there, they're way back there. And then all of a sudden they're not there and maybe they turn it somewhere else and you call them on the phone. Hey, are you following me? Yeah, I'm following you. Yep. You're not behind me. Ah, I know, but I'm following you. You're not back there. I don't see you anywhere. Do you even know where I'm at? Nope. But I'm following you. I'm I'm following you. Folks, we're called to follow. Jesus didn't follow his stomach. Jesus didn't follow his flesh. He followed the Lord. Followers of Jesus, when we go through the wilderness, we aren't supposed to be, let's read it, self. The wilderness is an opportunity to lean into God even more. If you're in the wilderness, that is an opportunity to lean into God even more and trust God's provision. Rather than sitting around and complaining and grumbling, saying, God's going to provide. God is faithful. Listen to this scripture that many of us have heard of many different times. But don't dismiss it just because you've heard it a lot. It's so true. Listen to what Solomon says in Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on what you can see. No, it doesn't say that. What's it say, church? Lean not on your own. Let's read this like we believe it. Let's read it again. And lean not on your own. In all your ways, acknowledge him 
and He will make your paths Oswald Chambers, he says this, Faith never knows where it is being led, but it loves and knows the one who is leading. That's good. We're just called to trust. Trust and obey. All of us know people who are always asking questions and wanting to know why. Why are we doing this? Why are we going there? Why, why, why? And sometimes we have the patience to tell our kids why, and sometimes we don't, and we just say, would you just trust me? I think it's, it's appropriate. I think it's human nature. When we go through valleys, when we go through the wilderness that some of us are in, when we go through those desert times, it's completely appropriate to ask why and to, to try to make sense of it. But when we don't get all the gaps filled in the way that we would like, We are called to trust and to depend on him. We see that with Jesus in the, in the garden when he's praying. He goes, I know what your plan is. Is there another way? God says, no. Your will be done. And sometimes a part of God's will is wilderness. It doesn't say if you're going to face trials in this life. It says when. Sometimes the wilderness has a purpose. Now, we've all created wilderness in our lives because of sin or bad choices or we hit send on a text that we shouldn't have and now there's a problem because of it. Okay, God didn't. That was You did that. But there are other times, like the list that we mentioned earlier at the beginning of the message, where death happens, where anxiety happens, where COVID happens, where depression just happens, mental illness is a thing. All kinds of things that take place, and wilderness happens, and sometimes there's a purpose for it. Listen to this. Then Jesus was led by the enemy. No, it doesn't say that. What's it say, church? The Spirit. So... In this case, the wilderness had a purpose. God had a purpose. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, we know that Christ was tempted, but if you read about us, God does not tempt us. He's not out to try to get us. But for this specific reason, Jesus was tempted. Listen to this uh, quote. God had a purpose and a design for this period of time that required Jesus' absolute trust and dependence on him. Satan wasn't merely suggesting that Jesus satisfy... This is good. This is rich. This is good. Satan wasn't merely suggesting that Jesus satisfy, satisfy his hunger. He was tempting Jesus to doubt the provision and the purposes of his father and to act outside of them. And that's what Satan does all the time. We see it in the garden. Listen, God had a plan for you to not eat of that tree. I know that was his provision. That was his purpose. But did he really say that? Was that really the plan? Hey, Jesus, I know you're the son of God, but let's be real. You're hungry and you're hot and you're tired. And it's been 40 days and 40 nights. You've been good. You've, no, you've not looked at anything on the computer for 40 days. You haven't had a drop of alcohol for two months. Shouldn't you just reward yourself? 
You've been clean and sober for so long. You deserve it. I mean, come on. Everybody, every once in a while, falls off the wagon. Folks, in those moments, we have to understand that is not God's voice. That, is, that does not line up. That thinking that I just talked about does not line up with God's word. There are times where we are going to be in the wilderness and we have to trust. That person that you admire, they got big, you're just like, man, they love the Lord and they're, they're so faithful. They have wilderness too. We're called to develop the habit of trusting God in the wilderness. And I can't help but think today, maybe there's somebody here online that that is where you are. You're a teacher, you're a student, you're a doctor, you're a nurse, you're a business owner, and this has been a hard couple of years for you. And you're smiling and you're trying to be fine, but you'll be honest with you, you're still not out of it. You don't feel out of it. Trust the Lord. Lean into Him. Which brings up the question, do we allow the wilderness to despair us or prepare us? It's more than just a a stupid little rhyme. As Christians, we're not called to fold when the wilderness happens because it's going to happen. Many of you have kids that play ball. You don't just show up for the game and expect to win. Some of these, I've seen videos of dancing and cheerleading and football and baseball and basketball, and some of these kids just do these amazing things. They didn't just show up and do that. There was time put in. We all understand that. How do we expect to overcome the enemy in the wilderness if we don't put any time into this? If we spend no time connecting with God, all of a sudden when it gets painful, our fight or flight mentality is, this is terrible. But if we read God's word, we understand that just because it's painful doesn't mean it isn't useful. Just because, let's read it, just because it's painful doesn't mean it isn't useful in developing. And if we're hiding God's word in our heart and that wilderness comes, Lord, what do you want to teach me? What do you want to show me? Or if it's loss, you know, we're dealing with stuff where we didn't cause it, they didn't cause it, it just happened. Lord, your word says, Lord, that there's going to be times of trial. There's going to be seasons of life. And, and there's going to be times where people pass away. God, would you fill me up with your strength? Would you sustain me during this time? Are you allowing the times in your life, the wilderness in your life, to despair you and give up? Or are you allowing that time to prepare you, to strengthen you, to, to call you to, to a different space and a different level with the Lord? Can I just tell you today, God's not causing trials, but he uses them. And when they come, his will is not for you to despair. Instead, to think, Lord, how are you you preparing me? 
Which leads to number three, kind of an important one. While Jesus was in the desert, while Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted, the Father was with him. And this is important. It wasn't just Jesus that God was with in the wilderness and in the desert. But if we know his word, we realize that when we're in the wilderness, when we're in the desert, he is with us. He is with you. Man, somebody missed an amen spot right there. You totally blew it. You ready? Amen. As followers of Jesus Christ, Christ is with us when we are in the desert, when we are in the wilderness. He is with you. Teachers, doctors, coaches, business leaders, students, people facing peer pressure, dealing with temptation, dealing in the wilderness. You've lost someone close to you. God is with you. I love this passage of scripture in Isaiah chapter 43. Some of you may have heard it. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Every time we get to the yellow words, say it with me. When you pass through the waters, and when you pass through the rivers, they... When you walk through the fire, the flames, for I am the, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. He is with you. Someone needs to hear that. That's worth tuning in today. That's worth turning up today. Jesus is with you. And when Jesus is present, there is always a way out. Teach your teenagers and your kids this and be reminded of it yourself. When you are tempted to turn stones to bread, when you are tempted to meet a legitimate need like hunger or whatever it might be, when you are tempted to meet a legitimate need in an illegitimate way, we need to remember that there is always a way out. We just have to take it. We've all, I get it, we've all heard the, the story about us complaining, God, you didn't help me, and you're trapped on a mountain, and somebody sends a helicopter, and you said, no, God's going to help me. I'm waiting on a ride, and so on. When God reveals the way out, take it. Listen to 1 Corinthians 10.13. Paul writes, the temptation in your life, the temptations, plural, in your life are no different from what others experience. Let's be real. If I were to bring each of you up here and you were struggling with temptation or you were struggling with the wilderness or you were struggling being alone, even though you cognitively, if you even grew up in church and you believe in your mind that others go through the same thing, sometimes you feel like you're the only one that's going through this. And that's not the voice of God because Scripture, again, hide, your word, hide God's word in your heart and it helps you not to sin against him. You realize that, you know what? Other teenage boys are struggling with lust. You know what? Other people in life deal with loss. Other people in life deal with grief. 
Other people in life, I'm probably not the only one that has credit card debt. Other people in life struggle with their tongue. Other people in life are tempted to do the wrong thing. It's not just me. Satan, when you make me feel like I'm the only one that's tempted, that's not biblical. The temptations in your life, let's read it, are no different from what others experience. And, listen, don't forget this, and God is what, church? God is faithful, amen? He is faithful. He is so faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. And when you are tempted, remember what we said just a minute ago? When Jesus is present, you always have a way out. Listen to this. And when you are tempted, let's read it. He will show you so that you can endure. Satan was in this temptation. Next week is a different one. But in this temptation, Satan was appealing to Jesus' flat physical need of, you've been fasting. And by the way, sometimes there's things in our life that prayer isn't the only thing that's going to make it happen. We also are called to fast. Jesus didn't just stay in the desert and pray and endure not having food for the work ahead of him. He fasted. But, but the enemy, stay with me, I'll get there. The enemy was sitting there saying, hey, meet your, leg, Ill, your legitimate need in an illegitimate way. Eat this food. But that wasn't God's plan for him. And in that moment, stay with me here. In that moment, what God, what Jesus realized is, I need to trust God for manna right now. I mean figurative manna. He didn't send manna from heaven to Jesus like he did in the Old Testament. But he sent him spiritual manna in the, in, in the form of strength and presence and stability. And some of us are looking at the physical situation and we're not seeing the manna. We're not seeing the strength that's available. See, what Jesus was saying, kind of, is we don't need bread as much as we need the bread of life. Remember, Jesus called himself the bread of life. Remember this scripture? Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Let's read it. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me. And that's what I'm counting on in the desert, is I may not have bread. I may not have my mom. I may not have my dad. I may not have my uncle. I may not have my teacher. I may not have my coach. I may not have my mom and dad living together. I may not have it all figured out. I may not have all these things that the world says makes you complete. I don't have the bread, but I have the bread of life. It's good preaching today. Not because of me. That's what God's word says. And we are trusting bread and we are evaluating everything by bread. And we are evaluating relationships on bread. And why don't people like me? And why don't people accept me? And why don't this? We are not of this world, believers. This is not our home. We are not here for bread. We are here to serve the bread of life. We are here to serve Jesus. 
So what do we do with this today? Pretty simple, straightforward. Trust Jesus in the wilderness. Say that with me. Trust Jesus in the wilderness. There's too many here. Do the math. Too many online. Too many people are going to watch it later this week. Too many of us here that someone is not in the wilderness, that someone is not in the desert, that someone is not facing something where you feel alone and you feel vulnerable. And you can know today that Jesus came and he said, it is finished. And because it is finished, we can trust in him even during the wilderness. And let's just be honest. Some of our biggest steps spiritually take place in the wilderness. Some of the, the seasons that prepare us the most for dealing with life are the trials. You want to know one of my favorite times growing up is when we lived out in the country and the electricity would go out in our house, be pitch black. And so mom would get some candles out and we'd sit in the living room, and I know this sounds really weird, but we would talk to each other. It's crazy, I know, right? We didn't have phones, okay? We couldn't go. It was dark, and we'd sit around in the living room, and we'd wait on, and you want to know sometimes, I was little, I remember wishing the electricity wouldn't come back on. I wonder sometimes, I don't believe that God causes trials. I don't believe he sits around saying, I'm going to make this person have cancer so they'll trust me more. I'm going to make this person go through a difficult thing so they'll lean on me more. I don't believe that God does that. But I do think that God says, man, I miss the closeness that we had during that time. When 9-11 hit, everybody went to church. Whether we like to admit it or not, while God doesn't cause trials and God doesn't cause testing, it is strange how it causes us to lean in. And if you're in the middle of the wilderness right now, if you're in the middle of a desert, my goodness, quit belly aching and lean into God. And the reason you're belly aching is, sorry, you're probably not into this much. And you're just following your impulses. Being real. Because if you read this a lot, you know that God does not promise heaven on earth. I mean, he promises his spirit that will get us through that. But heaven is in heaven. And while we're here, we're going to face testing, we're going to face trials, we're going to face deserts, we're going to face floods. There are going to be some people that no matter how much you love on them, they don't like you. And if you care more about the fact that they don't like you than you do that God loves you, you're going to end up in the wrong spot. So what would happen as the band comes? What would happen if you would trust Jesus fully and completely in the midst of your wilderness? So I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm not going to do anything weird. I'm just going to ask you a question, okay? If you're online and you're not driving down the road, don't close your eyes if you're driving down the road. But if you're at home, close your eyes. 
I'm just going to ask you something. Think back to some of the wildernesses you've had in your life. Maybe it was work-related, home-related, marriage-related, kids-related. Some of you would say all those things or something else. And remember how God is faithful. And maybe for some of you, you don't have to think back. You're in it right now. And you've sat around and you've questioned and you've asked all the questions. You've asked God why and he's not answering you. And can I tell you today, if you don't feel like he's answering you, that doesn't mean he doesn't love you. That could just mean he's wanting you to trust him. The Israelites didn't have the answer to the test while they were in the desert. They didn't. They didn't have the answers. They had to trust. And what would happen right now if you were to think about that thing or those things in your life that are just making you feel alone and discouraged and down? And what if you just said, Lord Jesus, I'm going to trust you in the waiting in the, in the season of waiting, in the season of not knowing, in the season of hot and hungry and frustrated, I'm going to trust you. And Lord, I pray that we would be a people that would trust you, that we would seek the bread of life over bread. Bread represents the things of this world, that we would trust you that when our feet are held to the fire, we would trust you. That when everybody else is, is chiming in, we would do the right thing, not the easy thing. We can turn, well, Jesus could turn stones to bread. We can choose sin. We can choose despair. But Father, may we realize that is not your plan for us. Jesus says, I'm not turning these stones to bread. It's not the plan you have for me. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And I trust you today. Father, may we trust you today. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Let's stand together this morning.